Coming up. What do you do? What have you done in the past? What have you done recently to take advantage of the truth that being enslaved to money disallows me to serve God? What have you done? That's a good question. The devil's using this truth for his advantage. How are we as followers of Christ using it for our advantage? Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Did you know the devil only has three weapons he uses against us? But don't be fooled. He may only have three weapons, but he has plenty of tricks. Join us for the message series, Propositions from the Devil, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn carefully walk through many of the traps from our very real enemy and the tools we possess to be victorious against him. Here's the seventh message in the series, More Money Traps, part one. Today's message will be about money again, and the subtopic is more money traps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and if I wanted to, I could call the next week's message even more money traps. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I, I, I just want to make sure we stay on this topic long enough for you to be equipped, confidently equipped, to not get trapped by the mean green money machine. Mm. that the devil uses to get us away from the things of God. Yeah. And I, I don't want you to be ignorant about that. I want you to have some tools, some knowledge, and some plans for how you're not going to get trapped by the devil. So I think it was important that we spent multiple weeks talking about it Yeah. for that reason. And as we unpack this message today, Hopefully it'll become even more clear that, yeah, we need to keep talking about this. Mm -hmm. That's what my hope is for you today. Amen. But since we've been on it for so long, it leads us to the question. Uh, write this down. Why does the devil set so many money traps? <laughs> mm -hmm. Why does the devil set so many money traps? That's a question we should should ask and answer. Yeah. And I want to give you um, a few answers to that today. The first is because the devil knows the truth. Mm -hmm. That's why he sets so many money traps. He's familiar with the truth. He knows the truth. Yeah, the devil knows. He, he knows the word. Yeah. But people often forget that. Remember that he was kicked out of heaven, but he knows the word. Yes, he does. Right. And so he uses it to trap us. Yeah. And we know the word is the truth. So that's right. So he is, is very familiar with God's word. Mm -hmm. He knows the truth. So that's why he says that's one of the reasons he sets so many money traps. Yeah. Look what it says in Matthew four, five through six. And we read this earlier in the series. Then the devil took him, him as Jesus, to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. <laughs> you see that? 
The devil is telling Jesus what's in the Bible, what's yeah. written. He's quoting scripture. He's quoting scripture. And, and he says, it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Mm-hmm. So the devil quoted scripture to scripture himself. Because <laughs> Jesus is the word, the Bible right, tells us. Right. He quoted scriptures to the scripture. <laughs> he quoted yes. the word to the word. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. And so he knows the truth. That's why he says so many money traps. Yeah. Right. And look what it says here in 1 Timothy 6:10. It says, for the love of money, and we covered this in the series too, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Mm -hmm. The devil is evil. He's the evil one, the Bible tells us. Mm -hmm. So he says, he knows that the Bible says that the love of money is a root to all evil. The love of it. The love of it. And so he knows that if he can get us loving money, he get us doing evil. Right. He get us to get our minds zoned in on money. I'm going to make money. I'm going to make more of it. I'm going to do, you know, yes. money, 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 money. Yes. Yeah. And so he knows that this is a reality, that this is truth. So if I can get them loving money, the evil one, he knows that money is a powerful tool yeah. to get us to do evil. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, so. that's one of the reasons he says so many money traps. Yeah. You know, in our lifetime, yeah. um, we've heard and seen some horrific evils done for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, some really bad stuff. Yeah. And there's a long list. And you might be thinking of some things now that you know have happened, of things people did for money. Right. right. A few weeks ago, uh, a man got sh- was shot and killed in the doorway of his own house. Mm. Doorway of his own house. Um, because he stood at his doorway and he yelled at some thieves trying to take his catalytic converter off his car. Yeah. And he's standing in the doorway of his home, telling them to stop stealing his catalytic converter. And somebody pulled the gun out and shot him dead mm-hmm. for a catalytic converter. And there's been killings for even less than that, less profit than that. But think about it. The love of money is a root to all kinds of evil. The devil knows that to be true. You've seen it. I've seen it lived out in in my life and you've seen it lived out in your life. Evil's done for money. That's right. That's right. Um, and people doing, like I said, horrific things, killing their own parents yeah. for money. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. so the devil knows this to be true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the evil one, he sets a lot of money traps. Yep. That's Look, he also knows another truth about money. Look what it says here in Luke 16, 13. It says, no one can serve two masters. We covered this in the series too. Mm -hmm. For you will hate one and love the other. 
You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Mm-hmm. Y'all see this? Yeah. The devil knows this is a truth. Yeah, he does. So consequently, he tries to enslave us to money. He tries to get us trapped in the money traps because he knows that once we get trapped in the money trap, we cannot serve God. He knows it to be true. Money becomes our God. Money becomes our God. Exactly. Yeah. And so we, you know, that's this, this is the devil knows the truth. It makes me think if the devil is knowing this truth and he's trying to use this truth to his advantage Mm -hmm. by setting money traps. It makes me wonder how are followers of Christ using this truth Mm -hmm. to our advantage? The truth, what we just read that we can't serve two masters. Yeah. How are you Mm -hmm. using that truth to your advantage Mm -hmm. that you can't serve two masters? And you can't you can't serve God and be enslaved to money. How are you using that truth to your advantage? <clears throat> Excuse me. Think about it. What do you do? What have you done in the past? What have you done recently hmm. to take advantage of the truth that being enslaved to money disallows me to serve God? What have you done? That's a good question. The devil's using this truth for his advantage. Mm-hmm. How are we as followers of Christ using it for our advantage? The other day, a few days ago, this homeless man asked me for some money. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, and every time someone asks, I don't always give something. I try to assess the situation, take them one by one, um, because I, I want to be a blessing, not a curse to people. But this time I felt compelled to give him some money. So I told him I would give him something. And he asked for, he wanted some money to get a cup of coffee is what he said. Um, And so uh, I told him I would give him something. So I go in my wallet and I had different size bills in my wallet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I decided that in order to show this man the love of God, and also to express my love for God. I told myself, I'm going to give him the largest bill in my wallet. Mm -hmm. I could have given him a smaller bill in my wallet, but I didn't. And for me, this was a a proactive um, act to display that I love God more than I love money. I love people more than I love money. This was an expression of my love for God and my love and God's love for him. Yeah. So I gave him the largest bill I had in my wallet. 
And I'm just giving you an example of how we can leverage or take this truth and use it to our advantage. Because I want my life to reflect that I am not enslaved to money. That's right. That's right. And by me giving him the largest bill in my wallet, that was a reflection that money, I got money, money don't have me. That's right. Amen. That's good. That's good. So look at your life and see what are you doing and what can you do to demonstrate the truth and to live out the truth that you can't serve two masters because mm -hmm. you'll love one and hate the other. Yeah. Amen. The devil's Amen. doing it. So we ought to be doing it too as followers of Christ. Amen. The second reason the devil sets so many money traps is because the devil knows human tendencies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the devil knows human tendencies. Yeah. First Timothy 6, 9 and 10 says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap mm -hmm. and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Okay, I want to pause right here for a moment because notice what the text says. I don't want you to miss what it's saying. Mm -hmm. It says, those who want to get rich, and we know some folk, you might even be one of them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to unpack this whole rich thing more as we talk. But it says they fall into temptation and a trap. And it gets them into much foolishness and harmful desires come up. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Mm -hmm. And that those desires plunge them into ruin and destruction. Let me give you an example of how money can, can bring about a harmful desire so that you can, this can make some sense to you. There are some things that some people don't even think about on a normal basis. It doesn't cross their mind. It may have never crossed their mind. Give you an example. There may be a husband who's never thought about cheating on his wife. Mm -hmm. it's never, it never crossed his mind. Same thing for uh, a woman, never crossed her mind cheating on her husband. Mm -hmm. And, but say he comes across a load of money and he now has power or influence and he's seeing that his money is attracting women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Which when he didn't have it, they didn't come around. But now that he got it, they're coming around. Right. And now. Because of the things, things that he's, he's doing, doing right? right? He's spending more money right. doing different things. Yeah, he might have got a flashier car. Right whatever, and he's representing having right, money. Right. And now he's getting attention that he didn't get before. Mm -hmm. And now thoughts of cheating on his wife enter into his mind. Mm 
And I'm just giving you an example of how it can play itself out. That's all, y'all. This, yeah. this is hypothetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hypothetic, right? But I want you to see how money can cause evil desires. There could be a spouse in a, who's in a, or somebody's in some kind of relationship, uh, whether it's, you know, whatever relationship, mother, daughter, whatever, mm-hmm. father, I mean, husband, wife, whatever. And the relationship is on some rocky times. Yeah. And it's been hard you know, for both parties. And, you know, been fighting, arguing or whatever. Uh, but nobody's ever thought about doing harm to the other person. Mm-hmm. But then they find out there's a life insurance policy. Mm. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. And I know this to happen because I watch some of these programs and they show these things happening where folks have plotted to kill people. Took out insurance policies. Took like out insurance that. policies. And yeah. And that's the sad thing, it's, too, it's, because sometimes, I mean, because we've, we've seen some of these true stories that talk about someone repeating the pattern like people that's how less money meant so much more to them than people so they would marry this person and they take out these high these uh big insurance policies and then they would you know it's like okay when i get tired of this person i'm done and then i'll get money and i'm gonna marry somebody else and it it happened multiple times it's like you know like documented cases right people are indispensable i could just Throw them yeah. away, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm just trying to give you some idea on how money can cause folks to have desires yeah. that they didn't even have before the money came. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they're thinking about all these other possibilities. Yeah. Those thoughts had never entered their mind prior. Sad. So it's telling, the text is telling us here that when you have this, this out of whack desire to get rich, it can pull you into a trap, into foolishness, into harmful desires. Mm-hmm. And then verse 10 goes on the passage we already read. It says, mm-hmm. for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And then it goes on to say, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith mm-hmm. and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, wandered from the faith. Some people have wandered away from faith in God. Mm-hmm. Talking about harmful desires and stuff happening because of this, this trap, this money trap. Mm-hmm. It has caused some people to wander away from faith in God. Yeah. We need to be really, really aware of, of these money traps. And this is why I'm spending the third week talking about it, because mm-hmm. I want to make sure we get this into our spirits and understand what it is we're fighting against an enemy who really tries to get us caught in whatever tool or trap he can so that we won't live for God. Yeah. And so we've seen people come up with get rich schemes. Mm-hmm. We've seen people Ponzi schemes. We've seen people exploit children for money. Right, right, yeah. Children. And then we've seen people exploit the elderly for money. Yeah. 
The, those are the, the most weakest and most fragile and most innocent of our population. People are exploiting for money. Right, right. And the list is long. There's many other exploitations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Human trafficking and all kinds of things. That's right. All these evils. Yeah, sad but true. For money. And the devil wants to get us caught up in the traps too. And who knows if we get caught in a trap, how it would manifest itself. Mm -hmm. That's why with all our energy and effort, we need to avoid the traps. We need to be cognizant of the traps. We need to be diligent about staying out of the traps. Yeah. That's why we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And then the third reason the devil set so many money traps is because the devil doesn't want people to enter God's kingdom. He don't want people to enter God's kingdom. He doesn't want people to come under God's rule. That's right. Look what it says here in Matthew 19, 23 to 26. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Y'all got that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is Jesus talking. So the devil knows the truth, right? Yeah. So the devil knows it is hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. And he doesn't want folks to enter the kingdom of heaven. So guess what he's going to do? He's going to use that money. He's going to use money. Doesn't say it was impossible. Uh, no. Uh, say it's impossible. We'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm um, but we want to get this, this into your spirit. Yeah. Understand that Jesus is making this clear statement. The devil knows this to be true. So he will use money traps because he know it's harder to get to heaven through the when you're rich. Yeah. Then verse 24 reads on. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who was rich to enter the kingdom of God, right? Let's pause on that for a moment um, because it, there's been speculations on what this meant. You know, was he talking about a real camel going through the eye of a, a real needle yeah. that you might use <laughs> to sew it? Yeah. And then some came up with the idea the needle was called the, the gate on the side of the big fence that camels would go through and they would have to strip down in order to get through. All of, all of those different thoughts about what it meant. But this was, in effect, hyperbole from Jesus. The point he was trying to make was he just giving an analogy uh, hi, uh, hyperbole about the fact that it's hard yes. for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. He yeah. just wanted to make sure that his listeners got the idea. Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? It worked. Because mm -hmm. look what happened here as the text reads on. In verse 25, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So he's like, well, who could be saved then? Because the, the additional part, not just the hyperbole that Jesus gave in this analogy, mm -hmm. but the additional part, the mindset of the people at the time was that they assumed that if you were rich, you were godly. Mm -hmm. 
Because the reason that you would have things was because you must have the favor of God. Mm -hmm. So they equated richness with salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't the truth. But that's how they equated. But they got the picture of what Jesus, and they said, well, who can be saved? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says in verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. So Jesus makes it clear that mm -hmm. it's not impossible for a rich person mm -hmm. to be saved or to enter the kingdom of God. Right. But it is hard. Okay, it is hard. And it's hard because of the, inf the influence money has on people. We already talked about that and how it can lead to harmful desires and temptation and traps. Mm -hmm. So you can we can see even in our own lifetime, and, and none of us may not have ever been rich, but we can understand how money can be a problem, right, right. With, can be a problem. with having a relationship with God. I think we understand that. You control on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so Jesus was making that point. Yeah. But he was also making the point that the power of the he made the point about the power of money on the human heart. Mm -hmm. But he also made the point about the power of God to the human heart. Yes. Amen. So he's making that point. And then look what it says in first Timothy six, five and seven. It says, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Mm -hmm. Let's stop right there for mm -hmm. a moment. Amen. So he says there are some people who have a corrupt mind and they've been robbed of the truth. Yeah. Because they think that they could use godliness or being like God mm -hmm. as a means to get financial gain. And this is one of the reasons why the whole prosperity movement is a problem. Mm -hmm. Because it, in some ways, um, influences people to think that godliness can be used to gain. And exactly what do you mean by the prosperity? That is this movement within Christendom where they talk about since we're children of God, God want us to be rich and have wealth and have everything. Mm -hmm. And that if you have faith and you live right, then God's going to bless you with all these things. Mm -hmm. That's the prosperity movement in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And so it's a whole, a uh, lot of, uh, uh, preachers and a lot of ministries, whatever, are really talking about what we as children of God, what God, all these things God wants to give us. Hmm. And people are caught up in all of that. Yeah. But as we're talking about money here, this is why it can be a problem because mm -hmm. of this truth that we just read, right. that it is not the truth that godliness should be used to get gain, but that's how it gets translated or perceived in some people's mind as they hear about this whole idea of prosperity and what how you should be prosperous and Amen. how God wants you to be prosperous. But we what it fails to to highlight is that God is more concerned about your spiritual condition than he is your physical condition or your earthly condition. He's more concerned about your character. Who you are than the things you have. Amen. And it misses that truth. 
You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Think about it. Even in this world today, in in the world we know it as today, forget about the next life. What about this life? Mm -hmm. If you got folks out on a ship or a boat in the middle of the ocean that's about to sink, at this point, it does not matter how much money you got. Right, right. Okay, it has no weight at all. But we know what matters more, somebody somebody who can pray, <laughs> who can pray to their God. Thank you for listening.